Welcome back to Anime Death Spiral, the only anime podcast that refuses to learn from its mistakes. Uh, I'm Nate. As always, I am here with Remy. Mm-hmm. Remy, how you doing, bud? Well, I'm frantically deleting shit off my hard drive, uh, trying to make space for Baldur's Gate. We are sitting here now on the eve. <laughs> yeah. BG3. Yeah. Uh, very, very excited. This is somehow a game I have been anticipating for six years and have also played eight times. How is that possible? What the fuck is happening? Uh, name any other game where you can sink 120 hours into it in just the first chapter replays. Well, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's sort of like it reminded me of my youthful, my energetic youthful days where I would play a demo for a game like a hundred times oh hell yeah uh, yeah yeah you know you get a demo disc or something and you would just play it over and over top three demos uh for me i'll just go straight into it uh metal gear solid 2 uh shadow of the colossus demo and um that rayman uh, computer demo that you used to get with the scholastic book catalog in in <laughs> middle school it's funny because mine would probably be like MGS one PC demo, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Halo one demo, uh, definitely like with a bullet. I played that that demo uh, hundreds and hundreds of times. That's just the second level when you finally land on the Halo, and you're just blasting grunts. Oh my god, it was so good. Uh, I still think that's the best out Halo has ever been. Just fucking blasting freaks left and right. That was a good Driving feeling. around, driving around on the little island, just blasting little freaks. Oh, fuck, it was so good. And there was a demo, I want to say, I, I don't even remember what game this was, but this was a game uh, that I played uh, only, seemingly in my memory, only after like one in the morning. <laughs> don't remember the name of the game at all it was a game where you you like fall down to a planet <laughs> that you played with a tissue box nearby uh, that was after gaming please uh, <laughs> i'm a pure gamer i don't do distractions like that oh when i'm okay. gaming Excuse me. i'm gaming okay uh, consummate was professional a, i'm a consummate professional you drop into a weird planet and it's a first person game you're running around dinosaurs appear but it wasn't like it wasn't Tomb Raider or Turok or any of that kind of shit. And there was like one place in the demo where you could run in and take cover. And it was like a maze filled with traps. And it was really brutal and anti-player. Like I just, it would, you would die to traps over and over and over again. And I don't know why I became so obsessed with it. But it's become <laughs> legendary in my memory because I don't remember what game it was. But I played it over and over again. That sounds awesome, because I was just talking to a friend about how games need to become more anti-player again. <laughs> I mean, I do believe that. Yeah, absolutely. They should, they should push back against you more often. Was it like a first-person game? Like, Yeah, it was first-person game. Uh, you get a gun, but I remember the gun being like... you Because you land with a squad, uh, and this was back when, like having like npc squads with you like was really novel and interesting so the npcs all like land with you and they all run off and die because uh, they're all stupid and squishy <laughs> and so like you can pick up a gun off one of like their dead bodies once they fall into a trap or whatever and that used to be my strategy it's like you just follow them into the cave or or the the ruins or whatever they get eaten by like a fucking trap you just pick up off their dead body like a pistol or whatever start blasting these raptors 
Something like that. I just, I wish I remember what that game was. Damn. Sounds awesome. Uh, guess we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll <laughs> never know. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I signed up to uh, Game Informer when I heard that there was going to be an included Shadow of the Colossus demo uh, in, in the next month's issue. Sure. Like, that's how, that's how much I cared. I had read the promo article the month before, and they said they were going to put a demo disc in the next issue. And I'm like, fuck yes. Uh, this is... Uh, 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 this is it. Like... And, and it was. Like, I've, Shadow of the Claws is great. It taught me that games can be art. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. <laughs> incorrect. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Incorrect, I've, I've wasted friend. my life. Yeah. You know what? There was a time where I thought that, too. And every game since has proven me, has proven that sentiment completely. It's been incorrect. all downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm pretty sure that Zone of the Enders, its its sales were entirely dependent on people wanting to play the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It totally was. Uh, and I like that game. I like that game just fine. I like the robot designs. I thought it played well for, like, a 3D arena action uh, game. But, boy, it yeah, was, it was not Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> Uh, it was not even the intro of Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> it was not even the good part of Metal Gear Solid 2. Actually, it was, because on the disc, there was the only good part of Metal Gear Solid 2 right there. You could play the whole thing. Okay, well, we're getting ahead of day. ourselves now. I don't th I don't feel comfortable saying that the, that the tanker section is the only good part of Metal Gear Solid that's 2. What makes you, that's what makes you Yeah, well, you know, I am one of those rare defenders. <laughs> <laughs> One of yeah. those rare people that likes the Metal Gear Solid series. We need to we need to round up these Kojima stands and just figure this shit all out. That's <laughs> what I say. We sit down, sit them down, figure this shit out, and put them in FEMA camps. Yeah, you know, same thing with um, Hideaki Anno fans. <laughs> those fucking freaks. Yeah, I watched I watched uh, Shin Kamen Rider. Ah. Because it was free, you know, and Baldur's Gate isn't out yet, so, like, what the fuck else am I going to do? It's literally just either sit and stare at the wall or watch uh, free movies in my spare time. And Shin Kamen Rider just happened to be one of those free movies. So I threw it on, despite it being two hours long. Hey, wow, lengthy. Uh, yeah. Well, you know how I feel movies don't uh, ever need to be longer than 90 minutes. If we can get it down to a tight 72, that's even better. Movies should be 90 minutes. I mean, that's true. It's 100% true. Uh, sorry, Peter Jackson stands, you fucking simps. Uh, you're wrong. You're wrong for liking those movies. If your movie has to be more than 90 minutes, make it into a, a BBC miniseries. How about that? So, I mean, right off the bat, I was already primed to kind of not like it. But I have to say, like, I really tried. I have my own squabbles with Anno. I've talked to you about it, obviously. You know, you can't exist within the anime sphere without 
like the looming shadow of Hideaki Anno just kind of like uh, being there standing over everything at this point, right? <laughs> the Max Shrek like looming yeah, shadow. Exactly. His, his weird hunched little thing. He won't make <laughs> eye contact with you, but he will loom over your shoulder. Well, it's like the, yo, you bring a Max Shrek like the cabinet of uh, Dr. Caligari. He's just <laughs> one big German expressionist shadow like angled <laughs> over the entire like village you know like in yeah. um uh <coughs> fantasia during during the night on bald mountain scene and he just comes up from the mountain and spreads his deadly mist over yeah. the discourse <laughs> of anime to, and to to terrify staff and uh, animators alike <laughs> i i have to say i mean i've told you off mic obviously about my experience with with the rebuild movies and having like uh basically a 180 in my opinion of it watching the final one and reaching the end of the entire saga and uh going wow i i actually do really like evangelion that that last 20 minutes of that last movie really turned me around on the entire fucking series uh which is i mean that's a hell of a magic trick i will give him that you know i'll i'll give you i'll give him that absolutely yeah you i mean come on to pull it out of the bag at the last literally the last second pretty crazy thing to do but then uh, unfortunately i did carry that enthusiasm into watching the making of documentary <laughs> and oh, that no. turned me right back around because <laughs> holy shit they make i don't know if this was intentional or not but they make hideaki Anno look like one of the most insufferable little goblin men that has ever walked the earth like he he sucks so bad in that in that docuseries that i like i i developed a deep deep discomfort and dislike of the man and i know that's very i should say that that's very very unfair to him obviously never met the guy i don't i don't know anything about him uh it's i as we know uh the lens only captures uh, what it wants to capture, uh, you, you can't get a, a, a size of a person from a documentary. But, damn, did I have a visceral reaction to that. Maybe even more powerfully visceral than Evangelion as a whole. And now that, uh, now I, when I watch his stuff, I see him. I see that, that little gremlin, like, hovering over everything. And it really, it puts me off. It really puts me off. So I think I'm a little I'm a little biased against Shin Kamen Rider coming into it. But also like do you have any connection to like Sentai stuff just in general? Well, you know, as a consummate 90s kid, I had a real big interest in the Power Rangers growing up. That was probably like sure. my first real uh, exposure, I guess, to uh, what would turn out to be Japanese media. I was yeah. super into Power Rangers when I was like from the ages of like six to eight, I would say. Right. And then kind of from there, it kind of spiraled into the like Fox Kids morning lineup where, you know, you got Dragon Ball and Shaman King and all that stuff. And so it, it, <laughs> those two. Yeah. The pipeline. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got the Dragon Ball Z, and from Dragon Ball Z, then you go to Toonami, and you got, like, Roroni Kenshin. But it all it all starts somewhere, and I think for a lot of kids in our age group that are no longer kids that are, in fact, uh, decaying adults in their 30s, <laughs> I think that 
Power Rangers was, was a big starting point. So, yeah, that's about the extent. And also, you know, I was big into watching, like, the old Godzilla movies. I used to watch those with my grandpa growing up. We would go to the local video store that was uh, run by a Japanese couple. And they were, they had all the, the Japanese, like, the original Japanese, like, Godzilla movies. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so uh, that's I think where I really got into watching stuff with with subtitles over dubs. If I have to think back far enough, but, sure, sure. Yeah. And of course, Common uh, Rider is uh, also Toho. So yeah, you know, that cool intro on it. Yeah. Um, so I mean uh, about that, but I never got into Common Rider as a series. I never really got into the whole like Tokusatsu movement. Uh, uh, that was never really my bag, baby. Uh, me neither. I mean, I did the t- obviously, like you said, I did Power Rangers, but that was really kind of the extent. And I also, I really kind of bounced. Uh, and by the way, hold on, hold on. I do want to clarify. I do want to clarify real quick that I was into Power Rangers, definitively not Super Sentai, uh, which is an entirely different thing. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, not entirely. It's 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 kind of the it's all the mush together stuff. Uh, just because uh, you know they happen to do the uh, the old '90s trick of of getting a bunch of coked out producers to tear apart something and put it back together all wrong, like some kind of piece of IKEA furniture. Uh, and feed, force feed it to children. Oh, they've been uh, doing it's that still, since it's the still 50s, super since Sentai. the first Godzilla movie. Yeah, I know, I know. But but like, there is a language to that, and I feel like maybe just because it, it was like the six year old in me that uh, had already like felt like he had aged out of that particular like Sentai language. Uh, I feel like the way it is produced here, so uncritically and so in like cringingly sincere in this Shin Kamen Rider because also this is like the edgy Sentai where uh, Hideaki is like oh uh, Kamen Rider he's he's like a really conflicted uh, sort of like shades of gray superhero and he kills people now uh, he's, a, he's a power ranger but like he kills people and combining that kind of edgy I mean that is cool though that's really cool I mean, it's cooler than it, I guess it would be the other way, but it's that combined with a completely sincere reproduction of exactly that Power Rangers tone, which is, uh, you know, no no offense to anybody involved in the Sentai stuff, but essentially completely brain dead. There are no thoughts involved. Uh, nobody is thinking about anything. Uh, nothing is being expressed beyond good guys are good and bad guys are bad even when you pretend like there's some kind of shades of gray to your main character. Yeah, you, you have to actually portray that. They always forget that part. No, no, you can leave that to subtext. That just wastes film. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird. It, it feels very jarring, and in one of those things where, like, I don't... There's lots of language here being spoken to me and that I don't understand, and not just because it was in Japanese. I mean, like, there's very, very specific visual references that, like, I just feel I don't have the affection for to particularly enjoy. Um, and then the other stuff wrapping around it, I just felt like... Anno has an incredible grasp of his own particular aesthetic, and I think he does certain things visually, like, a million times better than uh, most directors ever get a chance to even attempt. But at the same time, he marries it to just the most insufferable fucking bullshit 
that I just cannot, as a grown-ass adult who has read more than one book, I just cannot, I cannot get behind anymore, you know? And also, um, this movie just doesn't end. It just goes, and then at some point it says, well, and then Common Rider rides off into the distance to do more Common Rider shit. And after spending two fucking hours with this shit, I was pretty pissed off about that. Uh, I don't necessarily need movies to, like, wrap up in a tidy manner, but, uh, you know, like, I watch... Have you ever seen Michael Mann's Thief? No, no, James I've never Kahn. seen Michael Mann's Thief. Oh, you know, everybody talks about Heat being the Michael Mann movie. Um, my personal favorite is Manhunter, the, uh, oh, the Hannibal Lecter one. But I love Manhunter. Love me some Manhunter, yeah. baby. But Thief is great. Thief is it's just James Caan being a horrible weirdo. Uh, Willie Nelson shows up and dies. <laughs> uh, dope. <laughs> in a cool way. Del Close is in this shit. Dennis Farina's in this shit. There's a uh, fucking incredible, like, safe-cracking shit. Just beautifully shot. In, in the similar way to Anno, like, Michael Mann is a dude who has almost supernatural grip on his own particular aesthetic without always having, like, anything to say. Uh, I think the difference is, like, uh, Michael Mann is not, um, uh, he doesn't despise humanity and human beings in the same way that Anno does, <laughs> and he can actually hold a conversation with another human being. So, like, when characters are on screen in Thief, they're portraying, like, human emotion, and they're interacting with each other like a human being would, unlike anybody in any Anno production ever. <laughs> so uh, I think Mann comes off feeling a little warmer. And when Michael Mann's movies don't have an ending, like they usually don't, we we are left with some kind of like emotional residue that we can we are we are left to our own devices to make something out of. I think in an Anno production, he just goes, uh, and and then it ended. Uh, don't ask me any more questions. Okay, well, it's funny. It's funny that you're saying that. I haven't seen Shin Kamen Rider, and I haven't seen Shin Ultraman, and I don't think you have either. I haven't. Uh, but I have. everything that you just said goes in the face of everything that I saw in Shin Godzilla, uh, which was the first, you know, Anno direction in this, like, Shin, um, like, Toho Productions revival thing that he's been doing. Sure. And I haven't watched that in a long time. I, maybe I should go and back and watch it. I, I would go back and watch it because I would say that the ending to Shin Godzilla was actually incredibly poignant and uh, emotionally resonating for the themes of the film. But that's because it's Godzilla. Well, okay, so maybe maybe that's a, a cheat sheet to to having political discourse in your film. Yeah, I don't I don't remember it very well. But like, all you have to do is do the ending of Godzilla, right? That's all you have to do. Well, we're God's, but that's the and the ending of Godzilla is he just walks back into the ocean for most of them. Yes, <laughs> usually he just walks back into the ocean. Uh, but that's exactly ending. what you said. Common Rider did. But but Godzilla's like, well, I'm out. I did the thing and I'm out. And and Common Rider, they're literally like, well, then he went off to go do more Common Rider stuff. Well, that's that's just that's just studio seating for for a franchise. You'd think that, right? But a narrator coming in and being like, and then more of the movie happened, but we didn't have, we didn't shoot it. It's just, it's going to happen off screen for you. And maybe we'll shoot it at some point. Like that, that is different from, and then Godzilla beamed back to his home planet. 
Like, even that is an ending, you know? I mean, Godzilla died in the first one, technically. Godzilla can't die. He's made out of atomic energy. Well, you've beat me there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see Oppenheimer this weekend, and I, I assume Godzilla will make a cameo. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be disappointed <laughs> if he doesn't. That would be really fucking great. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, so I watched that, and I got some weird bad feelings you know what there was there's still some good stuff in it though there's some incredible visual stuff that Anno can pull out uh listen i'm i'm not saying he's a bad director i'm not saying hideaki Anno is a bad director i'm just saying he's a bad person i'm saying he's a bad director uh <laughs> i'm saying that uh but only because like i said i have juggly but i will say it very seriously right now i don't think he knows how to direct actors Th there was genuinely a point like there's a character where i'm like is, is she autistic coded here or is this just like the performance that uh she had to come up with on the spot because he didn't know what to ask for uh, the the main character's only form of actual physical acting in the entire movie is shaking like a lap dog i don't know where this came from but literally whenever it came time for him to show emotion he just started shivering it was the weirdest <laughs> acting choice I've ever seen. Man, this uh, this reminded me of like George Lucas, like, hey, can you do it? Um, that, that's great, but next time can you do it louder and with more feeling? Well, I heard a story about uh, Morgan Freeman on being on set, and he was like, I just tell the directors now, you can tell me one of two things, either <laughs> go faster or go slower. I don't listen to direction anymore <laughs> outside of that. I, I'm just doing the Morgan Freeman thing. If you If you hire Morgan Freeman, you get the Morgan Freeman voice. <laughs> that's it you can't tell me what to do i'm morgman fremont and like maybe that's you know if you're not going to be an actor's director i think you do have to have people who can bring their entire fucking skill set to bear on the material themselves uh, i just don't think like uh, 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 Anno is the kind of dude who can do that he's not machiavellian like uh, stanley kubrick is he's not personable like Name a personable director. I'll wait. Uh, um, uh, yeah, exactly. Wes, uh, Wes Anderson. Uh, uh, <laughs> those guys, they love working with him. That's why he has that stable of character ca actors working with him over and over again. Every interview you hear people talking about, and they say he is he is beautiful to work with because he he, he is a collaborator. He he is somebody who can talk somebody through emotionally in a scene. You know, they know what he wants. He knows what they can give. Anyway, uh, the point being, uh, whether you like his movies or not, uh, he's a person who is known particularly for the way he can interact with actors. And I just, I, I don't, I don't see that in, 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 in Anno character. But I'm obviously super biased here. Maybe I'm just reading way too much into it. Anyway, I thought Shin Kamen Rider kind of sucked. <laughs> All right. Uh, give it a letter grade. Four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Four. <laughs> give it a letter grade. Four. <laughs> you can do the rest if you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we take a quick break and then I can tell you uh, why right. I fucking okay. hate anime this week. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Okay, welcome back to Anime Death Spiral. Uh, I, unfortunately, uh, have once again been reading anime. Uh, this was a foolish action upon my part. You fucked up. I really you fucked, fucked up. up. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, uh, I will have to say this, dear reader, every once in a while, we are not immune to to what we preach against. We are not immune to the anime death spiral. Hey, who's we? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I need your support in this. Okay, okay. Look, I didn't mean to go on a big rant against Hideaki Auto. That was not intentional, but... Uh, yeah, Nate's trying to pull me into his thing, but he he wants to rant himself. And uh, I want to I want to sit back and let him dig this hole. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. I've tried to warn you about anime dog, and you were like, "No, nah, no, nah, anime is probably good." And I was like, "Dude, no, it's not." Uh, and you were like, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a sh- another shot. I really think this I time thought, I this thought time anime it might, be, might good. be good. You thought just it might for be good once, one time. I thought I, it might be good. And you were like, "I'm gonna give it one more chance. I really think it might be good this time." But was it good? Was it good, Nate? It was not good. Yeah, that's what I thought. No. <laughs> what did you read? Oh, man, I um, uh, have been under a lot of stress lately, so I spent the last week <laughs> reading uh, all of Girlfriend, Girlfriend, which devoted listeners, I know you're out there, will remember from uh, way back when I made you do that... <clears throat> one chapter challenge on all of the uh, horrible rom-com anime that I could find. Yes, yes, and you clearly forgot what I said about Girlfriend, Girlfriend, <laughs> which was that it is irredeemable trash. <laughs> but you ignored me. I, you ignored I me. I did. I ignored all of your warnings. I went back. I read through. I got hooked in. It, uh, it genuinely tricked me for a while into thinking that it had like interesting ideas and concepts that it could explore with, with the central joke of a guy that has two girlfriends. Um, but uh, at the end, and I'm really talking about at the end, it, it had me going up until the final 15 chapters or so, and it torpedoed every interesting take that it had presented up to that point. Okay, it well, hold on, like, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Let's set the stage. Uh, You probably don't remember, but Girlfriend, Girlfriend is about a guy who wants to fuck two girls at once. It's two at the same time, Uh, man. No, no, it's that's not that's. Well, first of all, he doesn't have a million dollars. He doesn't even have a million dollars, though. He does have his own place. Uh, Yes, yes. uh, As is standard um, rom-com fashion, his parents uh, work away on business. Whatever that means. It's really yeah. shady. We Someday we have to break down what the actual uh, <laughs> like uh, employment status of these parents are. I'd really like to visit that sometime. Uh, but no, no, you're, you're getting it wrong because he actually explicitly spends most of the series actively not wanting to fuck any of these women. <laughs> <laughs> So he has one girlfriend, and then somehow he gets a two girlfriends. Well, okay. First, we have to go back a little bit. We have to establish him, and and all of the best parts of his character have been uh, done better in in other manga. Um, they they you've 
you know, turned me on to. But he's <laughs> essentially, he's the guy from Overly Honest Boyfriend, or whatever that one was called. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, a guy is pathologically unable of, of telling anything but the harshest truths. Uh, about well, he's just, he's just, he's overly honest. He's just overly honest. He's overly honest. Uh, this guy, um, the main character of Girlfriend, Girlfriend, uh, uh, Naoya Mukai is his name. Wow, he is really? Like patho- yeah. Mukai? Yeah. That's so weird. Why? Uh, that just, that comes up in a bunch of other comics I've been reading. I don't know. <laughs> uh, th- Maybe uh, it's just a common last name. I don't know. I guess so. Okay, sorry, go. Uh, his his thing is that he is in fact uh, pathologically unable of of saying anything other than the truth, uh, including how he feels and what he wants. In he in seems any given he situation. seems to have he seems to have some kind of mental illness. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that uh, prevents him or or, or uh, maintains a level of earnestness that is frankly self destructive. Uh, absolutely. Self-destructive is a great uh, is a great place to start with this guy, uh, honest to the point of self-destruction, and he starts off with one girlfriend, uh, his childhood uh, neighbor uh, that he grew up having a crush on, and spent the last ten years uh, trying to get to get her to go out with him, um, and and finally in high school she agrees to be his girlfriend, and and not soon after he is approached by a a second girl. Um, who says that, like, wow, uh, I saw how devoted you are to your current girlfriend, and uh, I want to be your girlfriend, too. Like, is that cool? Wait, is that really how it goes down? Because I, I seem to remember she doesn't know about the first girlfriend. Because I, I, no. I think one of my... No, no, she absolutely knows. She does? Okay, yeah. I might have been misremembering then. No, no, that's not what happened. So we have we have our, our main dude, Naoya, and his number one girlfriend, uh, Saki. Uh, and now we have girlfriend number two, Minase, and her whole deal is like, I saw how devoted you are to your girlfriend, and that like really does it for me. So I want to be your girlfriend too, but I don't want you to stop dating her. Like that's how it starts off, which I thought was, you know, uh, obviously a setup for a boner comedy as it is, but was also a genuinely interesting take on how I thought they were gonna. They were going to plan this thing out, but it turns <laughs> out that that is just an excuse for her character to to not be a character at all. Uh, yeah. But but that is much down that is much farther down the line. One of the things that I really liked about the dynamic when they first introduce it is that like to explain why he's never seen her at school before. Because she does do the thing where she just approaches him out of the blue. She's never talked to him before. She's just observed this relationship from afar and fell in love with it. And that's, like, that must be what I was thinking of. That he had yeah. never seen her. He had he had never seen her. He had never seen her until she time. asked him out. Yeah, which is uh, and it turns out that it's because she didn't go to school. She decided to skip her first semester of high school to practice cooking. So that she can uh, woo him easier. Yes. Yeah, so she's criminally insane. It, it would seem that way, uh, which would have been a great, another great angle for them to go with this. At first, I thought that's what they were going for. No, no. Again, any interesting thing they do with with Minase's character 
uh, up through the end of the the story um, gets totally sidelined by <laughs> by never following through. This. I can't oh, believe yeah. you reached the end. It's so insane. I, I had to. I had to see where it went. <laughs> okay. Okay. But to its credit, like when when they introduce like when she says like, oh yeah, uh, I I didn't go to school so that I could learn to be your girlfriend better. Like, uh, his first reaction is like, wow, that's insane. You shouldn't have done that. Also, I feel really bad that you did that for me because I'm totally not worth it. Yeah, that's a super weird thing to do. Yeah. Uh, also, you do not know who I am. It's, that's that's what tricked me into thinking that they were going to be an actual thoughtful, like, follow through on all of these concepts is because he starts off being like, genuinely guilty about this situation i mean first of all this dude is a piece of shit because he falls in love with her instantly uh, as soon as she says she wants to be his girlfriend yeah that should have so shook he, you out of your delusions immediately yes yes uh it did not um and in fact he does go on to basically uh pressure saki in into this relationship but that kind of gets uh, muddled later on because they do this whole like side thing um, where they kind of lampshade that she's bisexual anyway and is, like, super into it. Yeah, wow, super convenient. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, well, for a while, uh, they were kind of, like, angling towards, like, uh, she's just going to date this chick and 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 kick him out of the whole thing, which yes. I also thought would have been very funny. Yeah, and it's funny because I had the same thought kind of early on when I was reading it, and it was because I read uh, this uh, this Yuri comic a while back about uh, uh, two girls who um, initially meet because one's boyfriend is cheating on her with the other girl and they begin as antagonists um but fall in love with each other and kick the dude out uh which which is, is great. great that's funny. it's fucking great Comedy and gold. it's very funny and it's very cute and they end up realizing like they have actual emotional connection with each other that they could never have with him because he was a stupid piece of shit uh, yeah. <laughs> great, great setup and when we get into it a little bit with in girlfriend girlfriend i thought Oh shit! The same thing is going to happen, but no, no, it does not. It does not happen. Um, so that was again a tip off number two that this was not as uh, high minded as I really, really wanted yeah. to give it credit for. The warning signs are popping up all over the place, but you're ignoring <laughs> these the flags. You're ignoring the flags. Uh, you know, the next thing that I, that I thought was, you know, that caught my interest about the whole thing was they introduce uh, girlfriend number three, who's not really a girlfriend. Uh, not officially. She doesn't, she doesn't join the roster. Uh, she is introduced as someone who wants to, uh, steal him away from his two current girlfriends. And, you know, uh, she, she wants him all for herself. And she's gonna woo him away from from his two chicks at once. Great, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that can go pretty much exactly where you think it could go. But I was really taken off guard because every advance she makes to the point of comedy, he you know instantly unflinchingly turns down. Like he makes it super clear that he is just genuinely not into this chick at all in any capacity and he just really wants to focus on 
on like figuring out what his current relationship is and like whether or not you know he's even has like sufficient <laughs> consent from these people to be doing it what 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 is it that he doesn't like about that third girl um she's kind of your standard uh, uh not like yandare archetype she's not that violent but you know uh she's uh, she's a famous quote unquote famous youtuber like that's her character uh oh, oh so, that's enough say yeah. no more yeah yeah <laughs> youtuber yeah exactly oh no and so it becomes an ongoing joke throughout the series that she is uh, spending increasingly absurd amounts of money to concoct these plans to make him fall in love with her okay so she's the she's the princess yeah yes yes i okay this is a very familiar archetype yes absolutely um that, that's a good way to put it youtuber princess yes did you read that one about the girl the princess who traps her entire class in a death game so that she can like flirt with the guy she's into <laughs> no but that's awesome it's kind of good it's kind of good it's better yeah. than this anyway <laughs> well yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so so you've taken us most of the way through here what 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 was the what was the final uh ankle break that brought the you final down. nail in the coffin was, as you would imagine, uh, introducing a, a fourth love interest. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> who is, you know, the platonic childhood best friend of his first girlfriend, who has also secretly uh, harbored a crush on him from afar. The, she's more or less of a non-character. Like, her joke is that he's constantly getting into, like, Three Stooges gags uh, involving her clothes falling off. That's about the extent of her character. Great. You know, she's simping for him, uh, but she she doesn't want to hurt her best friend's feelings, so she's resigned to, to never showing her true self. Yeah, you know the type. But she hasn't discovered his, his uh, quote-unquote polyamory at this point. Uh, well, they hide it from her for a long time. She does eventually find out. Uh, I forgot to mention, all of these girl characters end up living in the house with him for some reason or another. By Even the, the princess? The yes. Uh, her whole deal is that she's forcibly uh, squatting, uh, tent camping in his yard because he won't let her live in the house. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> let that sink in. I... I I don't even know what to say about that. That is just truly <laughs> egregious. Anyway, the the final nail was, as you might expect, having uh, all of these women fall in love with him and him reciprocate uh, all of their love at the end of the series so that they are now in a, a fivesome couple, um, which uh, can can be written well, I guess, but I thought it was genuinely <laughs> more interesting when it was just about these three people trying to figure out what their relationship meant uh, in opposition to how they perceive what society would think of them. Because that is kind of like one of the big uh, punchlines to the series is that finally, after trying to hide it for so many chapters, their class finally finds out that they're all dating. And the joke is that nobody cares. Really? I thought the joke would be like, all the dudes beat him to death in the parking lot. No, no, they they actually, uh, you know, they lampshade that a bit because they have, like, the entire class is just like, oh, yeah, wow, um, so what? 
it's it's 2023 no one cares like what you do in your private life and one dude in the background is like like well that makes me jealous and the classmates around and were like yeah that makes you creepy you're creepy dude <laughs> You're the creepy one. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, uh, one of those funny little details that had me going right up until the end. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, no, uh, it, it, at the end, it just turns out exactly how you think a stupid boner power fantasy like this would turn out. You, you know, the funny thing is, there's about, like, a hundred indie french movies about <laughs> about exactly this. about this scenario uh brimming with this like static charge of ennui and like teen uh dangerously uh powerful teenage emotions uh clashing and people trying to find their own sexuality and their own boundaries with each other and like these girls getting tangled up well with him and with each other and like uh getting into like fights and falling out and forming like other polycules and then all exploding because of internal drama and all of this stuff kind of resulting in this really bizarre and, and like sort of depressing statement on what it means to like grow up and like put uh, excitement and danger in your life behind you and move on to becoming like uh, a much more boring and responsible adult. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, something you call that, it like, that. I call it stability. <laughs> sure, st stability. But uh, I'm assuming they never actually make the leap to like these girls uh, sharing their emotions with each other. No, that's that's the thing they do. Even after there's four of them. No, that's the thing they. <sighs> If you stop, if you stop the story, maybe 15, 20 chapters before the final one, uh, then it is more or less exactly that story. It, it would end with them realizing that not only do they love this guy, but they are actually in love with each other, too, and in love with the relationship and not just any one person individually. And then they tack on two more girlfriends. Right. That's what I mean is like when they get the when the extra girlfriends enter the picture. Yeah. <laughs> when the ancillary girlfriends, the, the yeah. bench warmers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and they're like explicitly not in that kind of emotional relationship with those with yeah. those two other characters. They seem openly antagonistic. In fact, they are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they literally settle their character arcs by saying, like, uh, I'll just choose to get along with you because I want to I want to fuck this guy so much. Yeah. Which is awful. And it, it made me feel bad. It It is depressing that that exists and is something that, uh, like, is completely lacking in any kind of introspection or ability to at least at least ability to land the plane or get out of its own way, I guess. Uh, <laughs> can I offer you the antidote? Uh, please, please give me anything to take this out of my brain it's, it's and replace really, it with something else. This is really funny that you ended up reading this. This is, I, I swear to God, this was not planned or anything. Because uh, the thing I wanted to talk about last week that I ended up uh, talking too much about all the other stupid shit um, that I left it off the list is Okaidi Alice by Oshimi Shizu. And Oshimi Shizu is somebody we've talked about before. Uh, you read Inside Mari. Yeah, hell yeah. I I read uh, Happiness, which I still think is like really, really fantastic on all fronts. The art is incredible. Its take 
on vampires is incredible. And in fact, after reading Okairi Alice and uh, bringing that reading into happiness is like really, really fascinating because I'm, I'm looking at it in a completely different dimension. But Okairi Alice is that sort of girlfriend girlfriend <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> well, check this shit out because uh, you, you you tell me if if things uh, kind of line up i they're not necessarily in a, in a strict sense but uh, you tell me if things start feeling a little uh, familiar we have uh, a trio of young friends right there's two boys and a girl uh-huh. uh, for some all right, all right, sounding, well, not super familiar at this point. We got we got some genders flipped. Well, hey, hold on. Hold your horses, buddy. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, I only say that out of simplicity's sake. One boy, our main boy, the kind of uh, dorky boy, uh, he's the glasses wearer boy. He has a friend very, very close with the other boy. And begins to feel sort of uncomfortable with it because he realizes their female friend is way more into him than it is into Dorky Glasses Boy. Uh, and uh-huh. he's trying to work up the courage to ask her out. And uh, before he can do it, one day he happens to like turn a corner and he catches the girl asking his friend out, right? Right. And this this really fucks him up. And his friend is like i don't know i don't know about this uh you know i'm not sure i feel that way about you and the girl's like really please please i really i really care about you and he's like uh okay tell you what let me let me try this and he grabs her and he gives her a fucking kiss he pulls her close mm-hmm. gets that kiss going and meanwhile our glasses dork is like watching and it's like tearing him up inside he, he is just like developing cancer at that moment uh, and he fucking <laughs> dips. He like fucking just runs off. Basically, does not talk to either of these people again. F- he finds out almost a couple days later that his friend that he's so jealous of has also dipped, like out of the fucking state, uh, what prefecture, what, whatever they call it, uh, whatever uh, you people uh, call your weird borders. Uh, region. <laughs> region he like he literally goes across country to get away from them and so he's left with his awkward feelings for his friend and his awkward feelings for this girl that he can no longer feel like he can even talk to right because this horrible cancer has been festering inside him uh until you cut you know three or four years later you know they're finally they're getting they're gearing up to like finish up high school and he's finally feeling comfortable enough this new school year starting, he's like, I'm going to bring my new my new energy, my new personality and energy. I feel like a real person again. I'm putting it all behind me. I'm going to ask her out. Uh, and that day, a, a <laughs> beautiful, mysterious girl transfers into his class and uh, really th- kind of emotionally throws a whole wrench into this thing. She seems to be overly familiar with him for some reason. He can't really figure it out. He's like, how does this girl uh, know me? How, how, why is she Uh being so overly familiar with me? I see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then, uh, uh, basically this girl's like, hey, remember when we were kids and I taught you how to masturbate? (laughs) And he's like, wait, oh, what are you? And she's like, yeah, I'm your friend. I came back, dude. What's up? Uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm, uh. I'm a girl now. Well, it's more complicated than that, but I would prefer to be treated like a girl. And he's like, I really don't know how to feel about this. And uh, the the girl that uh, he had this crush with this whole time and uh, who had a crush on his friend really doesn't know how to feel about this. Really, really intense emotions being spread out all over the place. 
basically we we come to this understanding right where we have entangled these three people into this like really like gut-wrenching psychosexual conundrum where his his friend his transgender friend who is now uh, identifying as a girl has always liked him and has wanted to have a deeper relationship with him even potentially a romantic relationship with him but understands like that this is a little much especially after going you know uh, full dark mode for like a few years and reappearing sure. like this uh, meanwhile the girl has been obsessed with the friend who is who is now a girl and can't get that vision of uh, her out of her mind and is so jealous that she decides to start dating Glasses Dork basically out of revenge and Glasses oh, Dork is spite relationship. Yes. Those and Glasses well. Dork is trying to figure out like how he feels about this because he's caught between like uh, he's he's developing like these sexual feelings that he feels alienated from because on a level that he can't quite understand he knows that this girl doesn't have his best interests at heart and his friend is probably more like honest with him but he doesn't know how to feel about you know the gender dynamics going on there he's he feels weird about them but he feels weird about himself and his own gender and now that these things are all coming to a head they're all confronting each other uh and becoming like sexually active with both of these people at the same time and them clashing with each other and like all this like spite and jealousy and hatred like boiling up through all of this gender confusion it basically makes him like kind of temporarily go insane. Whoa, hey, hey, buddy! I just want a grill. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he and all of this is really, really interesting. And the way they treat his his reflection on his own experience of his male gender and his his experience with his friends. Uh, gender transition and his experience of his other friends jealousy through this lens of like not understanding or rejecting his other friends uh, gender transition is is all cut together with uh, Oshimishizu's essays about their own struggle with their gender from a real standpoint and Oshimishizu wrote writes about uh, his childhood and his experiences growing up and coming to understand his, the complexity of his own feelings about his gender and, and I do believe that uh, Shizu does uh, identify as a man still but, but, but he has a lot of interesting things to say about that and he talks a lot about like the feeling of being male but not identifying with masculinity and it's uh, it's it comes from the real place in these essays and it is also reflected in more interesting ways through these fictional characters and this this all comes to a head when the these three characters like attempt to initiate a, a relationship with each other and so <laughs> basically <laughs> we have girlfriend girlfriend again <laughs> 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 uh, except uh, about a thousand times more emotionally confrontational and interesting you know it's i mean yes it, absolutely it does sound like that i i'd still have a hard time because girlfriend girlfriend it's one of those ones that can only convey the disappointment of seeing someone just barely not get it do you know what i mean 
Yes. Like, it, it had so many of these concepts that it was obviously conscious of and just did not push the envelope far enough or in any meaningful way to have like a, a interesting take on them in the end. It sounds like this does, and so I'm super into it. I'll check it out. Yeah, it uh, sounds much like the main character of Okairi Alice. It sounds like uh, you were edged against your will <laughs> with this yeah. unsatisfied conclusion. <laughs> uh, uh, I I really, really love Okairi Alice. I think it challenges manga's typical expression of gender and even its typical expression of transgender which comes up you know a fair amount in the amount of manga that i've read at least and in rom-coms it happens a lot and it's generally not treated as seriously as something like in okairi alice where it is like fully explored um from a few different angles too not just like uh, a trans femme uh, or a trans man, or, or somebody considering trans uh, transitioning, but from uh, a person who is uh, a male and is grappling with what that means and is feeling alienated from the concept of masculinity itself, and, and coming at it from that angle is entirely unique. And it, I, I can't praise it enough. I think Okairi Alice is like genius level shit. I, I think is beautiful and it is emotionally honest and devastating and uh, interesting and, and uplifting too. It's not all bad stuff. It's, it's, it's an entire gamut of emotions. It's beautiful. It's another, it's another one of those things where it feels weird to talk about because it's like, it's, it's actually good and beautiful and like, and <laughs> that's like, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. People. It's like good for humanity that this exists <laughs> yeah. and is a piece of art. Unlike everything else. Uh, on that uh, tip, I did read, I did read it's polar opposite though. Not girlfriend, girlfriend. And not you and I are polar opposites. Yeah. Not you and I are polar opposites. Uh, it's much worse than either of those. Okay, hold on, hold on. Why don't we why don't we take another quick break and you can tell me about it when we get back? Okay, okay. All right. Okay, before I was so rudely interrupted, I was about to just absolutely fucking dropkick the shit out of another manga. Um, we spent way too much time talking about something good, so we really need to, like, wrap up with some bad stuff. What do you think about that? Uh, well, we can we can make a sandwich. Uh, girlfriend, girlfriend, Okairi Alice, what do you got? Yeah, so the other... The, this is my this was my gender block that I was going to talk about. There was, there's a few other, like, uh, quote-unquote gender things I read recently, but but this was the other big one because it was so bad uh, and mm -hmm. so insane. Um, I read Blue Drop as well, and I honestly don't know how or why I ended up reading all of it, except for that there wasn't actually that much in it. Um, but Blue Drop. Blue Drop. And a manga uh, ostensibly about gender. Now, um, I don't know anything about it. I've never heard of it before. Yeah, Tell me about Blue Drop. And nor should you. No one should have heard about Blue Drop. I don't know why I read it. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> I wish I could erase it from my brain. So here, here's my attempt to uh, purge it. 
Blue Drop is about a world post-colonization by uh, a race of women aliens. Uh, there are only ah. women. <laughs> there are only women aliens. You think so, but hold on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've essentially enslaved all of Earth. Now, at the, at the beginning, this is pretty much not important. Uh, what is important is that uh, a guy uh, living his pretty normal manga life happens to uh, come home one day and he there's like a girl sitting on his doorstep. And she's like, hey, sorry about this, but, like, we have to fuck each other. And he's like, oh, that's weird. Uh, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> but okay. Uh, <laughs> well, to his credit, he isn't like, okay. He's like, get out of here. You're fucking crazy. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, I don't have anywhere else to go. Uh, we have to fuck. And he's like, I'm not. No, get out of here. She's like, fine. I'll, on, be, I'll, be, I'll be back tomorrow, though. And he's like, don't come back. <laughs> and he goes into his house, and he's, like, thinking about it. He's like... That was really weird. I wonder what my best friend who disappeared a few years ago would make of this. Uh, well, anyway, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm not going to think about that again. Uh, the next oh, day he comes oh, back. Oh, I see where this is going. Yeah, he comes back and this girl is uh, sitting on his doorstep. She's sucking on her own toes. And she's like, this is hot, right? And he's like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I'm, I'm not into feet. feet. I'm not a feet guy. And she's like, really? Wait, I, hold I, on, that doesn't sound normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a fantasy world, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the girl's like, hey, you're not into feet? Well, check this out. She starts gagging herself. He's like, I'm not into that either. I'm, that's gross. <laughs> she's like, what are you into? What Are you a normal guy? Uh, she's just shooting blindly here. Yeah, taking guesses. she is. And he's like, this is, I, I, you're trying to fuck me, but this is not turning me on. This is really turning me off. And she's like, okay, look, I, I don't, I literally am homeless right now. Can I at least come <laughs> in? I, I'm imagining that blackjack uh, segment about, ma'am, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. This is a place of medicine. I am trying to do a surgery. This bed has been taken for the night. You'll have to find another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so ma'am please stop sucking your toes and go home <laughs> uh, she comes in she's like hey look uh, I don't have anywhere else to go at least let me take a shower and he's like fine as long as you don't try to seduce me again she's like no promises uh, <laughs> man fuck this guy yeah he's, he's pondering <laughs> he's like wow I really wish my best friend was here I, he would know what to do about this weird situation and the girl comes out and she's like, hey, check it out. I'm actually going to fuck you now. Uh, and he's like, dude, I, I'm not going to fuck you. She's like, <laughs> what did I just say? Yeah. And she's like, I don't, I'm not going to take no for an answer. But like not in a rapey way. Don't don't say that. I'm, it's just that I'm, I really want to fuck you. And I, I know you want me to fuck you. And he's like, no, I really. Oh, my God. Uh, now that you're so close. Aren't you my best friend? And she's like, you weren't supposed to figure that out. And then fucking women alien space cops bust into the house they're like you weren't supposed to find out that that was actually your best friend that we force femmed and he's like oh whoa, no whoa. wait what oh no and they're like we're gonna kill you now and his his friend is like wait wait i can still fuck him i promise we can still fuck <laughs> i promise I, i'm sure that we can still resolve this in a reasonable fashion <laughs> yes yeah, she's like okay he found out that uh you force femmed me into this chick so that i could fuck him uh and complete the experiment <laughs> but i promise i can still talk him into it and the friend's like well if it's a choice between dying 
and fucking my force femmed best friend. I suppose I can at least try to fuck him. Uh, <laughs> oh, woe is you. Yeah, uh, but they can't. He just cannot get out of his head. And so they have like a three day time limit. And the whole I mean, time. To be fair, I'm not sure that I could do that either. It's like, weird. They're, they're, it, there's, it's weird. It, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and also the friend is like, I really don't want to fuck you. Like, I'm still into chicks. Like, I'm not, I'm not into guys. I, I'm just, I just have a female body now, and so that's making it weird. Uh, I just thought, I mean, like, despite all the gender stuff, this is like objectively an unsexy scenario. No, it's not sexy at all. And get this, this is just gets so much weirder. <laughs> it's, it's way weird. Okay, so the, they, they they uh, end up almost running out of time. They kind of go, like, at last second, they kind of go on the lamb. And he ends uh-huh. up accidentally, because he gets, he feels weirded out, so he goes on a walk. And this chick, I like... I feel weirded out. Yeah, and he accidentally ends up in the all-women district. And... As you do. Yeah, because it is explained to us, these female aliens... Uh, have basically enslaved Earth just so that they could fuck our women. And they have genetically re-encoded their bodies so that uh, they can only reproduce with other women. And so they're in, a, they're in the middle of a project to basically uh, turn all of Earth's women into lesbians. Uh, okay, okay, stop, stop. This is... This is a fetish comic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. I don't understand why it's not just porn. Like, does it have a good reason for just not being that? I don't know. But you know what? There's surprisingly little porn in this. It, it, like, it, even in straight comics, just like, not straight, straight, but like, not arrow comic comics there is uh no, more heterosexual comics not heterosexual i mean like uh <laughs> mainstream <laughs> these terms are getting confusing uh it's hard to talk about this stuff okay <laughs> uh listen we live in a society <laughs> <laughs> yes look the point being uh he accidentally gets put into drag to save his life and discovers that uh a, a community of men uh living secretly in drag is just uh has just existed kind of underneath the surface and he's been sucked into it and to preserve his own life <laughs> he now he now has to basically live in drag at an all-girls school without revealing to himself uh, and also his his best friend who is a girl and also an, another guy who has a crush on him who is also in drag. Uh, they all have to live together at this all-girls school. This sounds and then, very convoluted. It is. It gets insanely convoluted because also another alien chick shows up and she turns out to be the general of the aliens, but she's secretly running clandestine experiments to revive the males of her species and she needs his balls to do it. Uh, <laughs> but she gets betrayed by her own military uh, staff and they try to kill her off in a really violent scene that's really messed up and they try to throw a coup and try to just eliminate him because they no longer want the fucking to happen because it turns out that deep in his semen is the genetic code that can exist to bring back the males of their species somehow and they get into an intergalactic warfare and a bunch of male gorillas show up and they try to liberate the human race from the aliens and it gets very messy and basically uh his best friend he never ends up fucking uh, his best friend, whose uh, body disintegrates or something due to, like, genetic instability. Of course. Yeah, and so he remains a virgin the whole time. 
They did the Gynax ending. Basically, yeah. Yeah, they pull a Gynax. Um, so nothing gets concluded. They don't resolve any of the weird gender shit. Everybody is, is genderqueered uh, against their will, essentially. <laughs> uh, okay, every- but that's not like an actual premise. That is just a... That, that, that's just a fetish that, that they wanted to put in the story. It is a sequence. I can't call it a narrative, but it is a sequence of events. Uh, I just... <laughs> it is... That makes me feel disgusting. <laughs> and I want to take a shower now. It was really weird. And I don't... It was, again, I only finished it because it was like 20 chapters. Um, and the momentum itself of the weirdness carried me through. Uh, and on top of the Okairi Alice stuff, I felt like, oh, well, this is another very strange gender thing. I should just see this out. Uh, I regret I did, um, but now I have I have cursed you like the tape from the ring. Uh, now you know of this thing, too. And uh, you I'm going to go read all of it. As I I'm going to go suffered. read all of it right now. Yeah, this is more your speed. I think this is still <laughs> somehow this is hey, still. Hey, <laughs> this is still somehow more satisfying than girlfriend, girlfriend. I will give it that. I was I was genuinely depressed upon finishing girlfriend girlfriend so it can only go up from there yeah exactly i i think you would have honestly i think potentially like odious as blue drop is uh still a better time than girlfriend girlfriend <laughs> i can i can uh, guarantee you that it's cursed but it's still more fun than that you know i just i'm looking for stuff that breaks the mold you know as as stupid as that sounds like i want to be genuinely surprised by by their take on a modern concept like romance sure sure who doesn't who doesn't yeah and it, it like i said before it just it hurts when when they wander so close to having a good idea and completely ignore it uh it's just frustrating it's it's frustrating no, it um, sucks. I can't uh, say that that Blue Drop is going to be any better than that, but it does sound more interesting. No, it's at at the very least, it fucks with you, and it fucks with your brain chemistry, in an in a in a not a pleasant way, but at least in a novel way. I can give it that. I I will say this is a problem that we spoke of many many times, even since we started this podcast of the uh the betrayal of the premise right yes yes we've talked well, many times okay, about so this the, the premise with girlfriend girlfriend was he genuinely just wanted two girlfriends and then every other relationship was was in opposition to that concept until they just threw away that because they wanted him to have all the girlfriends that's that's really what killed me about it yeah yeah you know in summary yeah, it it sucks. Sorry. Sort of. Uh, Sorry, it still hurts. No, I know, I know. And it, it took a premise, and you can see the way that you can see the golden path, right, from mm-hmm. page one in most of these concepts, because the concept itself, honestly, is is great in a lot of these things. It's sort of like I talked last time about Otoman, uh, husband man. Yeah, <laughs> great title. I love that. I know it's funny. It's good. Uh, you know the the funny thing. Uh, well, the disappointing thing about that I found about that, and I didn't get too far into it, so I I can't say it if it goes one way or the other. But the thing I noticed, the trend I saw going with that was that this is husband man, but almost immediately they sideline the wife, and he doesn't spend a lot of time with his wife, uh, which is a mistake for a comic called husband man. Well, it's called husband man, not wife guy. 
<laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> you can take it in different ways i think it sucks that uh oftentimes these comics uh sideline what makes them interesting almost immediately it happens uh, it, it's, often. it's the cardinal sin uh of the of the manga for me is betraying your good idea for whatever reason yeah uh, in this case i i have no doubt that uh, maybe the author was even consciously like trying to work in uh, some of these some of these more complex ideas into the story and editors is like no we have to like we have to do this by the harem comedy book like that's what this is well i often say and i i really don't know i don't have any particular insight here but i often do blame the professional editors who uh, will step in and uh, and try to force more profitable archetypes onto a, an interesting premise i you, you see it happen all the time i can't I can never nail it down 100% if that's what's actually happening, but it I, it feels like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like it. It does. It does feel like it uh, in this case for me, at least. But also, it could just genuinely be a case of of an idiot savant situation, uh, someone uh, haphazardly wandering near uh, an actual nugget of, of interesting narrative and then wandering away again. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, I think I mentioned at some point I was reading, I had started a comic um, that was really interesting. It was about a post-mortality humanity. Everyone had become immortal. But there was a disease that turned people back to mortals and it was a it was a a, a transmissible disease and they weren't mm -hmm. sure what the mechanism was um so instead of trying to solve it they developed a secret police force that would go around hunting mortals and killing them wow. which is uh, fucking straight to fascism okay yeah it's straight to fascism and the main and the and the the, the thrust of the first couple chapters is that uh there is uh, a, a friend of the mortals who is trying to save their lives and smuggle them away from from scenarios like that, um, which is great. Uh, oh my I god, am a friend of the mortals. Yeah, it's fucking cool as hell. But almost by chapter two, it turns into the most boring police procedural you could possibly imagine, and that fucking sucks. It sucks so bad because that's such a good premise. Yeah, we, yeah, uh, we, we see it all the time. The premise never feels good. Um. Uh, whenever it happens yeah there was uh, it, it, i can i can name so many comics that i just i got immediately bummed out over big ones too that i feel like ra ran for a really long time you know there was one called death do us part that i thought was you know it's not the most uh, original setup but it's like a a girl with sort of mild she has the ability to kind of tell the future or at least uh, divine future outcomes is kidnapped by like a, a mafia, a yakuza or whatever, uh, and they're going to use oh, her to you like know what? This win horse sound races. Familiar. I think you've told me about this before. Yeah, it's called "Tell Death Do Us Part." One day, mm -hmm. she divines that uh, a man will come along who she can rely on to save her life. So she jumps out of a taxi cab and runs, and she finds this blind guy, uh, and the blind guy saves her life by like being a badass, and that's a cool setup. But it almost immediately falls into like, oh, it's actually about the blind guy and how cool he is and how he's part of a secret organization that like hunts criminals and shit. And it, it sucks. It sucks shit. It completely ignores the entire premise that sucked people in to begin with to become yet again the most brain dead fucking like action tropes uh, you can imagine. 
It's just such a yeah. bummer. Uh, that pretty much sums up uh, anime for me as a whole. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer, man. It, it is a bummer, man. But you know what? I do have one. I have one final cap on the gender thing before before we wrap up. Uh, this, is a, this is just a thing that happened this week, and it felt like almost too perfect. But um, So in France, uh, you might be familiar with this uh, thing that they speak in France. It's called French. I've never heard of the thing. It's it's a different language from English or Japanese. They have a whole third one, in case you weren't aware. It all just sounds like uh, manic frogs croaking to me. <laughs> all right, all right. Cal- calm down with the racism, okay? No, no, that's my thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm extremely uh, aggressively prejudiced against the French I'm now. developing a new personality, and it's mostly about <laughs> hating French people. Uh, <laughs> wait, are we talking and about 9-11? Uh, <laughs> I hate the French and the British. Uh, at least they speak English. Am I right? <laughs> in French... Th- if you want to call it that. <laughs> their horrible fucked up version. Yeah. Uh, in French, it is a, let's say, a heavily gendered language. Well, it's a, it's a Latin romance language. Yes. Uh, uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of gender built into uh, the actual uh, grammatic structure of French. So, yeah. it recently, uh, uh, the author of and the creator of Gachiakuta, which is a manga I've mentioned before as being like one of the best shonen uh, running right now and basically of uh, the last few years at least and is one of the most beautiful looking comics that has come out probably in a decade. I mean, it is fucking knockout gorgeous. Uh, The creator is non-binary. They came out recently Mm -hmm. as non-binary. Or at least they prefer gender-neutral terms. But... That's a little difficult to do in French. So uh, during one of the publisher events, they kind of got in the publishers, the French publishers got into trouble because like they they used some male pronouns uh, and and certain other uh, French uh, decorative descriptors to refer to them and caused a lot of uh, bizarre problems. And the the author had to come out and say, well, I'm going to identify with female pronouns. Uh, in in French because that's kind of solves the problem there and it's it's an interesting problem it's something that uh, we don't have in English it's actually a problem that most people who speak English invent because they want to be fucking dickheads about it yeah well you see it's funny you bring that up because I think that it is interesting it exists in uh, not opposition but in tandem with uh, and again I'm not a One Piece fan we've been over this but I have <laughs> Uh, I've been reading up on a lot of One Piece adjacent stuff. Wow. And uh, I know. And are you familiar with the gender controversy around the character Yamato from from One Piece? I am familiar with many gender controversies around One Piece, including that one. Though I think that is the lesser of the important ones. (laughs) Well, I think it's just interesting because in that case, the character is female by the by the author's you know, word, um, but because Japanese isn't uh, structurally gendered the same way Latin languages are, she has this, like, personality quirk where she refers to herself in traditionally male pronouns and male speech patterns in Japanese, but those don't inherently imply a definitive gender of the user, which I guess had a lot of stupid people confused and angry about uh, about uh, how she referred to herself or himself i guess yeah uh, in this case 
<laughs> so I think that's funny, uh, you know, coming off of what you just said about about that French comic. Um, Yamato, yes. What were you reading up on Yamato about? I don't... Uh, what piqued your interest? This, I was doing some opposition research. Uh, you were doing uh, oppo? Some of the other... Yeah, I was doing oppo. You were doing oppo on One Piece? <laughs> uh, no, no, on, on a different anime podcast that happened to <laughs> oh, talk shit. about this issue. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. Well, let's keep yeah, that yeah, under wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yamato's an interesting character. Yamato's whole thing is sort of... Uh, you know, the thing about Yamato is there is a sort of a traditionalist thing I'm not a huge fan of in their character where it's, it's one of those, I wish I wasn't born a girl because I wanted to be your son uh, type yeah. character. Which you know has a has a uh, checkered past. Let's say um, I'm not a huge fan of that, but they, they are a much better uh, a, a trans representation than the series had uh, cultivated in the past. A lot of people talking about One Piece, obviously because of the Netflix show coming out, which I am so excited to talk about <laughs> when oh, that when man. that drops. <laughs> When's that coming out? Do we have a, do you know, when the release date is? <sighs> Gotta be by the end of the year, right? Anyway, I'll look it up. Keep going. The 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 thing that people talk about a lot, and there, it's getting a lot of love right now, and I think people are, are trying to forgive the past sins, uh, even though I feel like uh, those past sins maybe shouldn't be forgiven. Like, maybe we should take a little bit more time to, like, address those things. Uh, you know, th I pretty sure I've talked a lot about how I would love One Piece unconditionally if like Sanji and everything to do with Sanji didn't exist. Um, but Sanji <laughs> did spend time on the uh, insanely offensive stereotypical transgender island where uh, he developed superpowers by how much he hated men in dresses. So I just want to say like, hey, you know, One Piece, uh, you don't get to just fucking like drop a character that's like, I wish I was your son and everyone's going to be like, chill. Well, apparently yeah. you can because people are chill. But like, hey, I don't forget well, that shit. Well, I mean, you know, it can be said that because One Piece is such a long-running series, you know, it's been coming out the last 30 years. I don't know where the character of Yamato exists in, you know, relative to when that event happened. But I think it's possible that, that Oda probably grew in his opinions over that time well right? so, well i'll put it in time here so uh transgender island happens during the time skip the one of the biggest events in one piece um kind of is the is the demarcation between old and new one piece yamato exists and and uh, is mostly remarked upon in the the final fight of the most recent island you know which is you know the last couple years but it's uh, still the most recent One Piece out of everything. I believe they've just left medieval Japan Island. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that would be the Wano arc, right? Yes, Wano is the medieval Japan Island. They call it Wano, yeah. but it literally is just medieval Japan. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. when. What year did the time skip happen? Like, when? Uh, how, how long out has that been? Uh... <laughs> Uh, probably more than a decade. So it's not unfair to say that that he's obviously grew 
in his opinion since since he decided to to include that right he can't go back 20 years and pull a george lucas at this point yes yeah, so uh the time skip happened in 2010 oh, 13 years ago <laughs> yeah uh tell me do you think that uh, uh pop culture attitudes towards tra uh, transgender people were exactly at a great point in 2010 uh no but i will say uh they were probably better than what oda was doing at the time i don't know people you know you can have your own feelings i i'm not obviously i'm not the person who 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 can uh bring down Listen, the fucking I hammer no ichiro oda i've never met Ichiro oda <laughs> but i have opinions about him <laughs> i mean if if you are gonna be the fucking uh walt disney heir successor of manga or, or i guess i should say the osamu tezuka heir oh wow you think that's his role in the industry uh he is the biggest thing in manga easily like no one comes even close to him not even toriyama uh no not even not even close are you kidding me i don't know i don't i you, dragon ball is huge dragon, dragon ball, ball is bigger to me than one piece but dragon ball me. is not bigger than one piece dragon ball is a fucking drop in the bucket next to one piece okay we are we are devolving into comparing power levels here uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Okay, okay. I, I would. That was a whole other gender thing. I wasn't even gonna get into. But okay, all right. <laughs> that's enough. That's that's what three episodes in a row we've done gender stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine wow. that. That's crazy. For s some reason, it keeps popping up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, it's a good thing we're becoming experts. <laughs> oh no. Oh, we're those guys. We're yeah. those guys. Yeah, we're those guys. Uh, perfect. You know, I, I think I, uh, from uh, from all my uh, vast reading, I think I've become somewhat of an expert on gender. Oh, okay. Well, we got to cut this off before we really put our foot in our mouths now. <laughs> I'm going to put big blanks in here. Yeah. <laughs> Long beeps. All right, that's what it's going to be. Just bleep all this shit. Yeah, out. like half the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Wow. Uh, I once again fell down the anime death spiral, and uh, I guess I deserve this pain. I can't believe it. I even watched an anime this week. We didn't even get to it. What'd you watch? I watched Gunbuster. The Blu-ray release came out, and uh, so I went back and I watched uh, the first episode of Gunbuster. All right, well, save it for the follow. <laughs> save it for the sub podcast. The okay. Making of. We should start doing bonus episodes where we talk about anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Goodbye. All <laughs> We're right. out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>